Welcome to the podcast of Scott Street MB Church. We hope you find this message inspiring and encouraging in your walk as a disciple of our Lord Jesus Christ. Good morning, church family. Hope you enjoyed that little video. Thank you, David, for putting that together. It's a joy to be together and to study God's Word together. As you know, I am a Mennonite brethren. I have learned a lot, and I continue to learn. People have asked me, so, Pastor Rob, now that you're a Mennonite brethren, what do you believe? And, you know, that's a very good question. And so I've been doing my research, and I've been asking you. If I asked you the question, some of you have been born and bred as Mennonite brethren, what do you believe about about God, about the church, about baptism, about discipleship, marriage, singleness, family? Work, rest, the Lord's day. What do we believe? And some of you said to to me, well, Pastor Rob, we believe what the Bible says. And that's a very good answer. Um, Now, what does the Bible say about these things? About God and baptism, marriage and work? Um, And I am so thankful that our Mennonite brethren leaders have written something called a Confession of Faith. And it's a book that helps us to... uh, to understand what we believe, to lay out historically how we've come to these beliefs as a Mennonite Brethren Church. Um, And I want to know what I believe. And I want us all to be strong in our faith and and to know where we believe. So uh, if you want one of these Confessions of Faith books, we have some, and and I'll certainly uh, pass one along to you. So over the coming months, we'll be looking at the core of our faith, we're, we're calling our 75th year the following in the footsteps of Christ year. And the, uh, you'll see the logo. David, can we throw that little logo up there? Beautiful. So it's the cross, and it's a compass, and it's a boot. Isn't it beautiful? We are on a journey, 75 years of walking, walking, walking. Uh, on what was a a dirt road when we started. Uh, This is our second church building, but when we we moved into this building, that wasn't even a paved road, let alone a a four-lane road with a suicide lane in the middle, as Rodney told me that it's called. Um, Seventy-five years of journeying. And every time I speak to you, particularly when I go over to Tabor, I hear the story of the journey. The journey from Russia, from China, from the Ukraine to Paraguay, to Brazil, to to this journey that we've been on. You of all people, your symbol is the boot, the footprints. And then you may notice that the compass is a little off north. It's a little off north. We are not perfect, but we are seeking God's direction as we move into the future. Today we're looking at humanity and, and our role in God's creation. And In the Mennonite Brethren Confessions of Faith, let me read a quote to you from our book. It says, Humans are the crowning glory of creation. We are designed to live in fellowship with God and in loving relationships with one another. God created us male and female in his own image. After creating us, God gave us the mandate to rule and to care for creation as a sacred trust and freedom to obey or disobey him. I'm just going to stop here for a second. When you read the Confessions of Faith, there's little um, scriptures that go along with each of these statements. So it's not like our leaders wrote this themselves, but they wrote it based out of scripture. Let me continue. 
Through the willful disobedience of Adam and Eve, sin entered the world. As a result, human nature is distorted, and people are alienated from God and creation. Creation is under the bondage of decay. Humans and all creation long to be free. Isn't that brilliant? I've been enjoying reading this book. Thankfully, that's not the end of the story. We continue reading in the Confessions. It says, Sin, guilt, and death did not prevail. God is creating a new heaven and a new earth in which there will be no evil, no suffering, no death. The first signs of this new creation are already present in us, present in those who accept Christ through God's forgiveness through Jesus Christ. All in Christ, all things are being reconciled and created anew. Isn't that beautiful? We are being created anew. We are being changed. When we look at the scripture, Philippians 2, 12 and 13, we read, Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation in fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good's purpose. We are God's creation, and he is changing us, renewing us, and blessing us. So how does this happen? Do I make the change, or does God change me? I remember growing up, people say, Jesus changed my life. And, and I always wanted to know, how did Jesus do it? How did he change your life? Is it like a bolt of lightning where we're struck and then we're forever changed? Or is it like a slow changing of the seasons where we grow to be more like Jesus? I, How many of you have found in your life that change is like lightning? It happens and you're forever changed. Have any of you experienced change like that in your life? Have you? Can I see a hand if you've experienced lightning-like change? Yes. And some of you have experienced change, slow change, gradual change. And it's like the changing of the seasons. How many of you in your life change is more of a slow, gradual change? Oh, I didn't know what you were going to say. I didn't know. I Thank you for that, Ann. I didn't know. So it's been more, if we were to, I can see all of you. So it's, it's as if change is a slow, gradual thing. Isn't that wonderful? Well, when it comes to spiritual growth, in fact, God... Uh, has a part and we have a part. And sometimes it's like lightning and sometimes it's like slow growth. Paul uses two phrases to explain this cooperation between God and ourself. Philippians 2 says, Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his purpose. The key words, work out and work in. Work out is my part. Work in is God's part. We are to work out what God is doing in us. We work out what he's working in. Now, it doesn't say work for your salvation. Um, It says work out your salvation. The Bible says salvation is not of works, lest any of us should boast. The scripture in Philippians is written, the one that we're reading is written to Christians, the people in Philippi. And he's telling Christians to continue to work out your salvation. God is saying, develop what you already have. How many of you are done? Your faith is perfect. 
You are complete. I want to see that hand. And then I want you to write a book and I want to read that book. Yes, yes, we'll be complete in heaven. Until then, we're not complete. We are developing. We are growing. We're born again and then we keep growing. We work it out. None of us are done. Some of you, it feels like you're a little bit ahead of me and I have something to learn from you. And I'm thankful for those of you who have followed Jesus for so many years. But none of us are complete. Our salvation continues to grow until our last breath. Amen? We continue to grow until our last breath. We are not fully baked in our faith. We are still cooking. Your faith is important to God, and it's, it's, it's our responsibility. I'm your pastor and your teacher, and, but I can't make you grow. I can't make you learn. It's up to you to listen, to read, to learn, and to grow, to make that decision to grow. Your pastor can't do it. You know, as a mother and a father, you, you, you know, it's, your children, you tried to, you did your best, but... You know, you rely on God to grow those children. A group of tourists were visiting a a beautiful village in Ireland. They walked by an old man who was sitting by the fence. One person asked him, were any great people born in this village? And the old fellow replied, no, only babies. (laughs) And every person who was born again in Christ, who begins... A journey to follow Christ begins as a baby in Christ. Whether we're six or we're 60, we all begin as new Christians and we need to grow. What is really sad is to meet a Christian who has been following Christ for 10, 20, 30, 40 years, but still is a baby, drinking the milk of the word and not eating the meat. What I, my goal for, for us is that we would be mature Christians, That our church would be strong and that every man and woman here would know what they believe. And we're going to focus on that all year long. You're going to know what you believe. I'm going to know what, as a Mennonite brethren, I believe. And I believe the word of God. The scripture said that we work work out our salvation with fear and trembling. That doesn't mean that we fear God. Christians don't fear, fear him as if he's an angry God. We're a part of his family. What we do fear is that we might miss out on all that God has prepared for us. I don't want to miss out on the good stuff. Take your salvation seriously. It has eternal implications. It's a life or death issue here. Nothing is more important than your own spiritual growth. Take it seriously. And take seriously the life, the spiritual life of those around you. You're pouring out into them. For it is God who works in you. That's God's part. And we think about the word works. God works in you. It's amazing. The, the word in the, in the original language in Greek is energene. Energene is where we get the word energy. It's so God works. He energizes us. He gives us what we need, the energy we need, the power we need to change our lives and to follow him. It's it's not like we get our energy from somewhere else. It comes from God. 
He says, I will give you the power to do what you need to do. I will empower you, give you the energy you need to will and to act. He will give you the power and the ability to grow and change. So you may say, Rob, Pastor Rob, you know, I I want to change, but I don't have the power. Well, we do have the power. We do. And there are three key things that God uses to change us, to energize us. Three key things that he uses to make us more like him. Now, the first one you know, the first key um, that God gives us to change and to grow is his word. He uses the word of God, the Bible, to change us. If you love someone and you care for them and you want to help them, what do you do? You call them, you visit them, you, you, you write them, you text them. You're always communicating with them. Well, the word of God is the way he has communicated with us. You want to know what God wants? Read his book. It's, it's, it's quite simple. Let him talk to us. 2 Timothy 3, 16, 17 says, The whole Bible was given us by inspiration from God and is useful to teach us what is true and make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It straightens us out. It helps us to do the right thing. It is God's way of making us well prepared. You want to know what to do? Look to the Word of God. Last week we spoke about Psalm 103. Look to the Word of God. The Bible changes our thoughts. It changes our inside. And once we're changed inside, you've got to be changed outside. Have you ever seen a young person who has fallen in love? Something has happened inside, and they're different on the outside. How about have you ever seen a a woman who who is pregnant? But she hasn't told you yet. But somehow, I think, I think women are better at this than men. I don't know. But somehow, you know. There's something on the outside shows that there's something happening on the inside. Well, that's the same thing with our faith. As God works in us through his word, we're different on the outside. How we speak is different. How we act is different. How we love, how we forgive is different. It changes us. As we read the word of God, we change. And God planned it that way. So beloved sisters and brothers and fathers and grandmothers, um, we are to be changed by the word of God. Let us be serious people of God's word. Can we do that? Can we be serious people of God? Many of you, your Bibles have worn out. And that's wonderful. So let's all buy new Bibles and wear another Bible out. That's why God gave them to us. The next thing, real change comes through God in us through, number one, his word. Number two, his Holy Spirit. God puts his spirit in us. This is where the power to change comes from. Romans 8, 11 says, Once the spirit lives within you, he will bring to your whole being new strength and vitality. God will bring power into your life. The Holy Spirit is God himself in spirit. When you commit your life to God, he comes into your life and the Holy Spirit begins to work and to change inside you. Sometimes his spirit gives us dreams and visions. He speaks to us through his spirit at night and even in the day. Scripture says that that old men dream dreams and young men have visions and that's men and women have these dreams and visions. Have you ever had a dream where God has spoken to you through a dream? Have you? Yeah? Yeah? I'm seeing some nods. Have you had visions of what 
of what is going to happen, of what God is calling me to do. And, and has that changed your life? Well, I believe that, that God still speaks to us today as he did in the days of Scripture. He speaks to us. So take your dreams and your visions seriously. Yeah, don't, uh, don't put them aside. Talk, pray, be thankful for God speaking to you. Genesis 1.27, when God first formed the world, he said, Let us make mankind in our image. And he, from that very day, has been making us into his image. God's ideal is to tell us how to change through his word, then give us the power to change through his Holy Spirit. If you read it and the Spirit empowers you, you will do it. We have everything we need. Sometimes I wonder, why do we feel so weak? We've got everything we need. And as the Spirit of the Lord works within us, we become more and more like him. 1 Corinthians 3.18 Having the mind of Christ focused on the precepts of God, living in the light of God. All of these allow the work of the Spirit to change us. So we have his word living in us. We have his Spirit changing us and empowering us. And lastly, what does God use to change us and lead us? Well, God changes us through circumstances and through people. That's why the body is so important. Some people say, well, I'm going to be a Christian and I'm just going to be alone in my room. Well, that's not the way God works. He works through people and circumstances. He works through the body of Christ. He uses everything in our life to teach us. Some people say that in my happiness and joy, God whispers. But in my struggles and pain, he shouts. In my happiness, he whispers. In my pain, he shouts. Romans 8.28, to those who God loved and are called according to his plan, everything that happens fits into a pattern for good. For God chose us to bear the family likeness of his son. There's nothing that could come into your life, that comes into the life of any believer that God doesn't know about or that he can't use. Maybe you've asked the question, why am I having this problem? Why am I suffering? Why am I bald? Why would the Lord do this to me? Perhaps the better question is, What are my struggles and my difficulties teaching me? We all have struggles. We all have difficulties. But God can use what happens in our lives to teach us. Everything is done for a purpose. Some circumstances change you like a lightning bolt. And I had a lightning bolt hit me January 1st, 2010. I went down to the basement. It was... It was the, after the New Year's Eve party the night before, I, uh, I came home after a night of singing, and, and we had all of this food. We always go to Judy and Dave's uh, up in Toronto, and, uh, and we were there, and we sang the night away, and I always emcee the night. And, and he's from the Toronto Symphony, and she's from the Royal Conservatory of Music, and we sing every song, and we have a book that we sing So I went down in the morning, down to the basement, and got on my bicycle to do my exercises. First day of the year, I'm going to get in great shape. You know, I'm going to ride that bike every day. And so I'm on the bike, and I start to feel heartburn. And it was really burning. So I ran upstairs, and I took a Zantac, that little triangular pill that's supposed to help with heartburn. 
So I took the pill and I thought, well, I'll lay down on the bed until it starts to work. You know, usually it starts to work after a few minutes. Well, the pain didn't get any better. In fact, it got worse. And so I'm on the bed and I'm all curled up and I'm thinking, what did I eat? It's burning me like this. Well, it wasn't the tortilla chips that were bothering me. It was that my left anterior descending artery was 95% blocked. My heart was broken. I was having a heart attack. I was 48 years old. I had no excuse for having a heart attack. It's called the Widowmaker because young fellas die of it. And Sarah would kill me if I died. <laughs> so I finally said to Sarah, uh, can, you, can you take me to the emergency? Just drop me off so I can get some, some medicine for my heartburn because this heartburn is killing me. So as soon as I get there, they, they look at me in the hospital and they take the blood and they, they see that the enzyme that shows that your heart is bleeding is there. I've had a heart attack. And they immediately put all sorts of needles into me. And, and in 24 hours, they had done surgery and put a stent in there and opened up my artery. I am the $6 million pastor. You know, I, 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 have, I have fresh parts in me. This experience was a lightning bolt. An illness changes you. An illness changes you. A diagnosis of, of a bad heart or a bad liver or, or cancer or, or all of these diagnoses. When I was told my liver doesn't work anymore, you know, Rob, you'll have to be a vegetarian the rest of your life. It was like, well, that's not going to be fun. Because God is calling me to a Mennonite church, and they eat a lot of meat. <laughs> and they're not going to like it when they make borscht, having to, to make borscht without meat. What kind of borscht is that? But when I had that heart attack, I realized that God gave me life, and he wanted me to live until I die. Amen? He wanted me to not waste a single day. He wants me to live in color, not in black and white. He wants me to live in the light of God. And I committed that day to live for him again. He spoke to me. He spoke to my heart. And he spoke loud and clear. Amen? Has he spoken to you? If God is going to make me like Jesus, well then he's going to put me through situations similar to the life of Christ. There were times when Jesus was lonely. There were times when Jesus was tempted. There were times when Jesus suffered. How about you? Have you been lonely? Have you been tempted? Have you suffered? Yes, yes, and yes. God allows us to go through these things. Do you think he's going to spare us the things that Jesus had to go through? He's more interested in our character than in our comfort. Being a Christian doesn't mean that life is easy. Being a Christian means that life is rich. Sure, we'll suffer, but we're going to be the better for it. Jesus, Hebrews 5.8 says, Jesus learned obedience through suffering. Obedience through suffering. Hebrews 2.10, Jesus was made perfect through suffering. Do you want to be perfect? Yes. I want to be perfect. Well, if I want to be perfect, I better get ready because I will suffer. 
perfection through suffering. He works first through his word, then through his Holy Spirit, and then he works in our lives, our circumstances, and our suffering. These are the tools he uses in our lives. Proverbs 20, 30 says, Sometimes it takes a painful situation to make us change our ways. I love this saying. We don't change when we see the light, but we always change when we feel the heat. You know what? You know what? That's, that's a wise word. We often don't change when we see the light, but we always change when we feel the heat. So, beloved church family, I love you, and God loves you, and he's growing us together. So please, this week, be in the Word. Open your Bible. If your Bible is worn out, let's, I'll buy you a new Bible. Let's be in his Word, that his Word can be alive in us. Secondly, let's be sensitive to the work of his Spirit in us. Be aware of your dreams and your visions and, and how God is, is, is speaking to you through his spirit and through others who are spiritually alive, spiritually alive, speaking to you. Discern what is right according to the work and let the spirit speak to your inner being. And lastly, we need to ask God, how are you trying to change me through the circumstances I'm experiencing? The things I'm going through right now, What are you trying to say to me? Are you trying to teach me? What are you saying through my pain, my challenges, and my circumstances? May God bless us this week as through his word, his spirit, and through our lives, he changes us. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we pray, change us. Change us. Where we are suffering, Father, reveal to us Why? Not just why, but what you're doing in us and through us, through all that's going on in our lives. Father, we love your word, and your word is a double-edged sword. Father, cut into us through your word that we could be made pure. Purify us. Refine us through your word. And Father, we pray that through your spirit, that through your life in us, that you would help us to be discerning wise and mature, living the lives that you've called us to live as your men, as your women, as your family. Bless us. Thank you.